atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby, Dr. Scott Bradley in the house. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Happy to have you along. This is hour two of two. It is Monday, January the 20th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Man, we're talking about hard-hitting talk radio. I'll tell you that right now. First hour, we head on our buddy Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. We talked about urgent need volunteers in Virginia right now, says Oath Keepers. Yeah, you got to protect the patriots in the streets. At the Gun Rights Rally, the mission for Oath Keepers to be a calming influence on all sides, writes Oath Keepers President and Founder Stuart Rhodes. In Virginia this morning, there are two groups of patriots, ladies and gentlemen, those who will shed their weapons and enter the, quote, gun-free zone capital, and those who will not and who will stay in the streets armed. Believe it or not, there are thousands, thousands there. One guy um, reports, uh, he's guessing 50,000. I don't know if there's that many, but he says there's people as far as the eye can see. They're all in the streets all over. Uh, It's amazing. There's really three groups, those who are armed to the teeth outside, those who are in the, quote, capital, declared as a gun-free zone, who are disarmed and there peacefully for a rally. And then you got the folks that are storming legislative offices all day today. Uh, it's called Lobby Day, uh, but this time it's Gun Rights Day, Keeping Bear Arms Day. We talked about that along with Lowell Nelson, live updates from Virginia. Uh, we talked about Defend the Guard, an article written by Michael Bolden of the 10th Amendment Center, and another article called A Limited Government. Republic versus a national security state written by Jacob Hornberger. And we finished with Lowell Nelson by saying, if the citizens of the several states truly want freedom, peace, and prosperity, then you know what? They got to push for a limited republic, a real constitutional government. And to do that, then we must dismantle the Pentagon, the military industrial complex, the CIA, and the NSA, for starters, not to mention the IRS, and we could keep going. But there you have it. That summarizes the point. And what we tied together last hour was the fact that this going on, if you will, isn't just philosophical. Oh, the articles may be, right? But the reality is, you know what? What we're talking about philosophically is what's really going on right this very second. Okay, this is not a, a simple discussion. And the whole goal of the Tenth Amendment Center and, and, and understanding this stuff and Liberty Roundtable, how do we handle these issues the Founding Fathers dealt with in our day? How do we have a compass for true north, so to speak, on these critical, vital topics, to say the least? Um, let's start there, Dr. Scott Bradley. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you very much. It sounds like there's not much going on. Hey, man, it's always going on when it's Liberty Roundtable Live, buddy. Indeed it does. You know what? Little old Liberty Roundtable without a penny to our name manages to have people on the ground everywhere when it's critical. We've got about five or ten people on the ground right now uh, that are reporting live for us. They're emailing me and giving me details of events uh, that are happening right this very second. What do you think of Virginia? Is it overhyped? What's your take? My take has been, just so that you're caught up, my take has been, you know, I think that the governor and the government will – 
They might have a few skirmishes of violence, but the, for the most part, it'll be peaceful. And what'll happen is they'll say, thank heavens to Governor Northam, his incredible leadership. Thank heavens for his wisdom to declare a gun-free zone. Thank heavens the FBI and government officials helped dodge a few bullets of some wacko crazies. They already announced they, uh, they arrested some white supremacists ahead of time, et cetera, et cetera. And then they'll basically pull this off, and it will be a non-starter. It will not be a Charlottesville. But they'll use that then across the country to slowly but surely tighten the screws uh, with their gun control agenda, and um, that's my prediction. And eventually, it will spill over, but it isn't time yet. It will not spill over yet. But I'm predicting that this is the—I don't know if you call it the beginning of the end—but this is the sea change. Uh, but it won't erupt into too much violence today. We pray. But they'll give the governor a ton of credit for this, and they'll set the stage saying this is how governors ought to behave across the country. Scott? Well, I think the governor is the agent provocateur on this whole thing. The governor is to blame for it. He is putting everything in harm's way. The governor is the one that is trying to burn the country down. And I don't know as I can say it more nicely than that, but I could say it more strongly. I think that what's happening is they're trying to set up a, a powder cake. I mean, a, a Guy Fox day. They're trying to establish some kind of uh, turmoil that uh, will be used. You know, neither side could. If if there's constraint, one side will use it. If there's not constraint, another side will use it. But the fact of the matter is, you're right about it, that. It is something that's exactly what the provocateurs have used. I mean, whether it's the Reichstag building burning down or whether it's something that they're marching in the streets, this is something that will be that he is attempting to use. He should have the full blame on him if anything goes wrong. And if anything goes right, it's because of constraint on the people the people's part. But well, it's on the effort of the Oath Keepers and the people doing uh, their best to create peace. In fact, our buddy Everett Boone from the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org, is my colleague in that organization. He's Kurtz and Scott's colleague as well, I might add. Everett, you're live on the ground in Virginia, uh, Richmond now, correct? That's right. I'm right here. All right, buddy. Catch us up. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you think? Is it yeah, peaceful? It, uh, is it going to stay that way? It it is uh right now our time is one is one hour before the rally starts actually and it is uh shoulder to shoulder in Virginia here we have some trees and stuff on the ground and you can't see uh all down every avenue from one standing point but everywhere you get it's uh beyond outside of the perimeter where we are allowed to come in unarmed it, it is shoulder to shoulder as far as you can see down the alley. And did you go into the place, did you go into the, uh, I don't know if I should call it the turkey shoot, that might be too provocatorial. Uh, is it the gun-free zone, did you decide to disarm and go in there? Yes, I did. I uh, I, I, I wanted to, to that particular uh, place is where the, uh, most of the uh, pictures are going to be showed by the news. And, you know, it's best to have that full. The, the outside area, uh, it's probably not even going to be seen on the news. Yeah, because they don't want to show how large the crowds really are, and they don't want to show with people armed to the teeth how peaceful it can be, right? Oh, that's that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. There's no sign of any any anti-crowd here nowhere. It's, it's all Second Amendment constitutional patriots here. It's absolutely amazing. All right. How tight is the security? Are they uh, uh, being very intense, or is it pretty uh, well done? 
It's it's pretty well done. It, it's a plenty. You can see them. There's a plenty of them. They have, uh, I guess I don't want to call them snipers, but they have security on the rooftop. And then you know around the perimeter of the fence, it's a lot of uh, a lot of police officers there. And but everybody's polite and everybody's uh, thanking everybody. And uh, we just recently had a prayer to to get things open, so uh, it looks great. Well, starting out with the prayer is always a good idea, Everett. What do you think? Do you think it can remain peaceful all day, or do you think there will be uh, bad actors in the in? The, I, I'm fe- I'm fearful for the streets more than anything, sir. Not because that uh, it's not a gun free zone, but because I believe that's where provocateurs could literally make their mark without getting caught. Uh, well, Sam, I'm, uh, there was a lot of shouting in the background. I didn't get your your question. Uh, yeah, so I'm saying I'm concerned for the streets because I think uh, that's where provocateurs could literally uh, agitate without getting caught. Do you think there's going to be a problem, or do you think they've got this? Oh no, no, it's it's uh, it, it's it's street cops there. I mean, they're everywhere out there. Yeah, it's uh, well, we were escorted in by, by on the bus. We were actually escorted in, but it's no, it's it's a lot of security out in that area as well. All right, there's a big lineup of speakers, isn't there? There's a big what? Lineup of speakers coming up. Yeah, they had originally had twelve, and uh, I, we made an offer for Sheriff Mack to come out only if if they thought uh, it was appropriate for for Virginia. And at the point uh, they had they had more speakers at that time, and they could get in in the one hour allotment that they had. So they only have one hour for speakers. So the whole rally is how long? It, the rally is, is one hour. And then what happens after that? Well, normally, on a normal day, we get here at like 8 o'clock in the morning, and we go in and lobby until uh, 10.30, and then we come out for the rally, and most everybody goes home after that. But uh, I don't even believe you could get in the building. All right. So are, are people lobbying in the buildings, too? Well, there may there, there are some team leaders that, that we're planning on going in. As far as I know, they did get in, but I haven't seen any of them. So it, it took us 45 minutes to get in, so we didn't get in until 9 o'clock. It shocks me that the President Trump is only using this for partisan gain. He's saying, hey, the Democrats will take away your guns. That's why you got to elect Republicans. That's all he's really said about this. Yeah, he hasn't said a lot, yeah. I say he, sh- he could really he could really uh, improve himself in Virginia if he... Uh, come out more about this, I believe. Yeah, but he's got warmongers uh, abroad and um, wimps uh, domestically surrounding him, so I don't think he'll get that uh, memo, uh, Everett. Yeah, right. Uh, do you have a question for Everett, Scott? No, Everett, I surely appreciate you and all the folks that are there that are uh, doing this, and they're doing it the right way. Uh, I believe that this is something that that the uh, bad guys are uh, intensely focused on, and you're showing them Americans are not going to roll over on this thing, and Americans can't. Americans have got to recognize that uh, that this right to keep and bear arms is an individual God-given right. The founding fathers established it as such. It's it's something that predates constitutions and Bill of Rights and everything else like that, and these folks that are trying to take it away are flat-out wrong, and I, I take my hat off to all you folks there. Tell them all thanks. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a natural right, and people just refer to it as a natural right. Amen to that, a God-given inalienable right. Uh, Everett, I'll call you back in about a half hour for another quick update, okay, sir? Okay. Thanks. Godspeed, thank you. All right, for Sam Bushman.
Everett Boone of the Constitutional Sheriff's Officers. Wow, the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. Live on the ground from Virginia. I'm telling you, we got it covered 66 ways from Sunday, folks. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, things are getting hotter in Richmond, ladies and gentlemen. Alex Jones just pulled up and in, well, what do you call it, a military style? In an armored vehicle, Alex Jones standing halfway out. Uh, he's got, you know, he's standing up there, he's got drivers, and he's shouting with a bullhorn about 1776. Founding fathers, tyranny. Now, um, so Alex is, uh, I'm sure, out there um, adding fuel to the fire. I think that's personally a mistake. I, the last thing we should do is ratchet this up uh, and, and provoke, and, et cetera. I think Alex is making a huge mistake here. You don't show up in an armored vehicle as a citizen or a reporter. As a reporter, you should keep your eyes and ears open at all times and report the who, what, when, where, why, where we stand. It's okay to be a patriot and stand for the sacred cause and articulate our history, etc. It's okay to pray for peace and advocate for peace. It's okay to articulate what we need to do to stand for the sacred cause of liberty. Uh, that's all good. But when you literally get on a megaphone with an armored vehicle driving down the road and start barking, or uh, I'm telling you right now, it's 1776, or whatever you're saying, in my opinion, it sends the complete wrong message. Do you want to respond to that, Dr. Bradley? You know, I, it used to really kind of irritate me. I've I've had an awful lot of events that over the years I've put on, and you know, thousands and thousands of people have come to, and and uh, it's it's a kind of a 
The truism that I've observed many times is sometimes through my efforts when I brought a crowd together, somebody else has come by and tried to take advantage of the crowd to foster something differently than what I am, perhaps, you know. And uh, there are those that are hanger-oners, and, and I always say, hey, buy your own microphone, you know. Buy your own uh, crowd. If you If you don't have anything that will rally the people together, that will bring them, you know, and, and, and kind of invigorate them and everything else like that, don't try and ride on my coattails. And I kind of suspect that's a little bit what's going on right now in many instances out there. And it is, but I, I submit it's sending the wrong message, though. I mean, we don't need people in armored vehicles. I'm telling you right now, that's just not going to—what we want to do is de-escalate, sir. We want a peaceful rally to make a point. Uh, but we want to de-escalate right now, and and as far as I can tell, that's escalation times ten. Well, I, I think that he is escalating it, and there are many others that are probably working the same angle, and uh, and I hope and pray that all of this is carried off uh, peacefully, and and the message is delivered. You know, I always talk about uh, Everett Dirksen's old statement that uh, when he feels the heat, he sees the light, and I think that. What needs to happen is everybody across the the whole nation, all of the politicians, all of those spineless, backboneless um, individuals that have little or no understanding of the founding principles of this nation, start to recognize that uh, that the people in the nation really do want to stand with the foundation principles, and and I I think we need to you know, and you're making an effort to do that, to educate more and more people about the things. I think education is the key. When we have uh, a, an informed electorate, if you will, I think that we will be able to stand in the gap and make sure these egregious things that the governor of Virginia and others are trying to do. I, I really think that we, the people, have a responsibility and uh, an opportunity, and we've got to educate ourselves. And when it's when it's appropriate, I, I've, I've been looking here while we've been doing this. Uh, I've got a few statements by. Thomas Jefferson that I think appropriately apply uh, in education-wise. And, of course, then we could do dozens of statements about uh, uh, the issue of the right to keep and bear arms. But, but the key is education, and if we can help that happen so we the people stand where the principles are, where the rights really uh, and they're strongly supported. We don't have to hang our head and say, well, I feel this, but... I don't know how to support it. Yes, we can support every ounce of our position with, you know, sound logic and, and the words of the American County Father. Not to mention the yeah. biblical reality of our God-given rights of liberty, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, my buddy Tim, his name is Tim Walters. He's on the ground there. He's saying, I'm trying to park my car to get into the rally, and I've moved a quarter of a mile in about 45 minutes. It's so crowded I can't even move around. Well, see, that's the thing is that uh, there's been a, uh, and, and again, I don't want to take this analogy too far because it, it sounds like it would go to violence, but when the Redcoats marched to Lexington and Concord, which was to disarm and, and to capture John Adams, I mean, not John Adams, Sam Adams and, and uh, uh, John Hancock, they were there to disarm the, the citizens. And... They met him at Lexington and Concord, and and a hornet's nest got kicked over. People came from far and wide and harassed and harangued and and uh, would have annihilated the the British force had they not been reinforced on their march back to to Boston. But the the Brits kicked over a hornet's nest, and um, 
And, and while, again, I don't want to take that analogy too far with anybody inferring that violence ought to come out of this thing or there ought to be some, you know, really heavy, heavy, heavy pushback. But, but I think that they're starting, they should start to see that this issue is near and dear to the hearts of Americans, and this issue is not going to be something that they can just wave a magic wand and, and have their way with. Americans are going to stand up and say no. We will not allow this to happen. Amen to that. All right, there's two groups of patriots right now, basically. Those who are saying, yes, I will disarm. I will go into the gun-free zone of the rally. They're passing, uh, um, what do you want to call it, metal detector checkpoints, et cetera, et cetera, uh, going in peacefully, and, and, and they're in this rally venue that the governor, Northam, has declared a gun-free zone. Uh, Donald Trump said he'd get rid of gun-free zones first day in office uh, in schools and in um Military bases, of course, he never got it done. Now there's a gun-free zone in Virginia declared by the governor, and Donald Trump doesn't seem to have a word to say about it. Shame on the Donald. Uh, I think governments need to step in when their uh, counterparts act tyrannical, especially in the United States. I think there's a check and balance here. Nevertheless, I bring this up to say then there's – so there's the group that are peacefully going in, disarming to do so. Then there's the group outside that are armed to the teeth that are saying we're not even thinking about going in there. Why would we go into a turkey shoot? Why would we go into a gun-free zone cage? We're not doing it. What choice would you make, Scott? Would you go in and disarm or would you stay outside and be armed? Well, if I was asked to go in there and present a message – and it required me to be disarmed, I would kind of put my faith in God and go in there and do it. But I would, I, I've got this kind of an aphorism, I say, if never pass an open microphone when you can speak in behalf of the cause of liberty. You're only going to give voice to the people that are in there, okay? So I think it depends upon, you know, what role you are going to play. And obviously, both roles are critically important. And and what's interesting to me is in the state of Utah. Now I'm a I'm a concealed carry holder, and I'm also a concealed carry instructor for the state of Utah. And um, the uh, the state capital is not a gun free zone in Utah. Uh, you can pack whenever you go in there. Well, and that's the way it used to be for Ralph Northams as well until just recently. Absolutely, and you can pack in schools. I mean the. The feds interfere. I had a real hassle one time. I was, I'd been asked to go to speak at a military base about um, uh, lawful and legal orders, constitutional orders, because this is a big problem in the military right now with our political correctness. But at any rate, I came through the gate or started to get through the gate with a firearm in my vehicle, and holy cow. I mean, it was a federal case suddenly. And and it was not, uh, I mean, the feds disarm you if you go onto their base. And uh, I remember when I was in the service 50 years ago, there was a lot of us that were armed. But the fact of the matter is that we have lost our backbone, and I think that needs to be corrected too. But the point of the matter is I, I went to speak about lawful and legal orders. I could not act, gain access to the base and carry a firearm. And uh, and so uh, I... I pushed the limit a little more than I should have at that particular time. But sometimes you need to know where the pushback starts. And it's, it was an interesting dynamic for a while. There had to be some intervention on behalf of some more senior management at the base to keep yes. it from being So I had explained that by nature, 
I don't trust government. I would stay outside and stay armed. So that's my position as a person. However, if I was required to speak, as you mentioned, and or be a reporter from the inside, I would peacefully disarm, trust in God, go in there and get the best intel that I could possibly get on what really goes down, peaceful or otherwise. Uh, And so it all depended on my position or responsibilities on what I would do. But my nature would be to say, I agree with those folks saying we're not going to allow a gun-free cage. We're not doing that. It's too dangerous to allow that to occur. Uh, and uh, if you look at Charlottesville, they, the cops literally created the crisis that went on. They forced the two groups together, forced a, a violent outcome. Uh, it couldn't have gone worse if they had tried almost, it seems. No, they, they, it was engineered. But I'll, I'll give you another example. I was invited into a meeting at one point. It was a large meeting with the President of the United States. And I was not going as a speaker. And I was just going to be an observer. And... Uh, you had to go through the security to get there, and I, I declined to go in. I said, it's not, I, I have no idea, I mean, no no interest in being in a room with the president if I've, I've got to give up my Second Amendment rights. And so I, I declined to, to participate. So, so, yeah, different scenarios and different situations. And I bring that up because I want people to know who we are and where we stand and what we're willing to do and why. Uh, when we get back, we'll get Kurt's comments, and then I got an interesting headline from The Blaze to tell you about. The one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, the best coverage on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. There's a temporary state of emergency in Virginia where a gun rights rally is set for today in Richmond, the capital city. Activists will protest a series of bills that would tighten gun regulations. The Democratic Governor Ralph Northam's executive order declaring a state of emergency bans all firearms and weapons from the capital's property until tomorrow. And Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax says they don't want a repeat of the 2017 gun rights rally in Charlottesville where a counter-protester was killed. Everyone who comes here uh, looking to peacefully exercise their rights you know, is welcome, of course, but we do not need any violence. We do not need a reprisal of the failures that we saw in Charlottesville, and so we're doing everything we can. And- Ahead of the Senate impeachment trial of President Trump that starts tomorrow, a Gallup poll finds 44% of Americans approve of the job the president's doing. This is USA Radio News. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. A deadly mass shooting last night outside a bar in Kansas City, Missouri, as people were gathering to celebrate the win by the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Police say two people were killed before an armed security guard killed the shooter. Right now we have 15 
unidentified people that have shown up at area hospitals around the metro area. Of those right now, three are listed in critical condition. And two people are dead and five others wounded in a shooting at a San Antonio bar last night. Police there say it happened at about 8 at the club near the Riverwalk, and the suspect is still on the loose. It stemmed from a fight that broke out during a concert inside the club. Another all-female spacewalk continues at the International Space Station. Astronauts Jessica Meyer and Christina Cook are installing a new set of solar array batteries aboard the International Space Station. Find us online anytime at usaradio.com. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, we are providing live coverage of what's going on in Virginia. We've also got Dr. Scott Bradley, Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby breaking it down just for you. Let's go to Kurt's comments. I got, a, I got a couple of quick, interesting updates for you as well, but I don't want to eclipse Kurt. Kurt? Well, you know, one of the, there's several thoughts I've had on this uh, whole thing today, and one is uh, I remember seeing that, um, well, less than exciting uh, monument outside of the U.N. where the uh, gun is twisted, the barrel is twisted and made so that it's... Um, well, it's just inoperable. In other words, the UNsters, uh, you know, are basically anti-gun. Of course, they always want to have their uh, defense people around them with, with weapons. I might add. And then you've got the, uh, you know, the times I, you and I spent uh, working in the pawn shop, Sam. It was heavily armed with uh, many, uh, you know, weapons in there, and it seemed to be pretty. Um, you know, the pretty, um, what, well, uh, people, were downright people came sir. in. That's right. I mean, I never saw anybody <laughs> shoot anybody up. Uh, that's they want to kind of promote uh, when you have this whole thing. And then you look at today, uh, as far as I've seen with the pictures and different things and the reports we've seen and heard from Virginia, you have uh, maybe one of the most, um, um, you know, uh, heavily armed group of people and yet i'm not hearing any big reports of people getting shot up and killed not or yet anything i pray like the answer is no um i do too and yet uh, i think uh, that simply means that there's a bunch of folks that go uh we're not doing that because of course there's um Folks that might return fire and uh, Amen. gun free zones are dangerous places. Yes, they opinion. are. In fact, now people are wondering maybe they should not have gone into the gun free zone. Uh, first off, they say it's a lot colder in the gun free zone because nobody's there comparatively. If you go out in the streets where it's super crowded shoulder to shoulder, it's a lot warmer. So that's one interesting little uh, note. Uh, one of our reporters made another interesting tidbit is this inside the restricted rally area. Not only is there no guns, but just so you know, there's no bathrooms either, Scott. <laughs> you know, they just really are right there with all the human uh, uh, kind of comfort things. You know, you take away your right to protect your loved ones and yourself and make it so you, the restroom facilities are just not available. I mean, you know, they, they really, really, I don't know. Uh, to me, 
it just kind of speaks volumes about those that are in charge of government in Virginia right now. Well, and that's why I highlight this. They did it on purpose so that people wouldn't stay too long or wouldn't do anything they didn't want done. Eventually, people are going to have to go to the bathroom. They're either going to go to the bathroom in their clothes or on the spot in front of everybody, or they're going to go out. And so the people outside, believe it or not, have tons of porta potties, but the people inside have no restrooms. At all, I got another tidbit from somebody else reporting. But here's the interesting report from the Blaze now. Got to give the Blaze credit. But Virginia Senator, her name is Amanda Chase, ladies and gentlemen, and she issues dire warning ahead of the pro-gun rally. She says that gun rights supporters are being set up by Governor Ralph Northam. So Radical Ralph is setting up. Uh, the gun protesters. That's her warning. Scott, do you want to respond to that? Well, as I said in the beginning moments of this little get-together, I think the governor is the provocateur. I think the governor is actually um, the one that is trying to... Uh, I mean, he he's brought the powder together, and he's got the fuses set, and, and he's got a, a lighted match in his hand. I do not believe that the governor did this without forethought, and uh, I believe he ought to be held responsible. I mean, I, you know, any of those that were uh, facilitating and participating with him, and of course, you know, since, and you hate to say it's just a Democrat thing. I mean, if you go to Montana, the Democrats are in charge of a lot of the legislative stuff up there, but they, they stand for the Second Amendment, you know. Uh, and and so we have a lot that uh, that believe uh, you know the Democrats are only the bad guys, and the Republicans are only the good guys. My heavens, uh, Mr. Trump and all of his noise that he made a uh, run up to his election about his desires. You've mentioned a few of the things today: getting rid of gun-free zones and this idea of arming the military, allowing them to carry them on uh, their bases and so on. And now he's he's promoted and then not promoted and then promoted again and not promoted then promoted again. Um, these uh, red flag type laws and everything. I mean, he's uh, he's about as changeable as Mitt Romney. I mean, a chameleon it seems like. And I, I'd like to see something come, you know, strongly from the president's office and say, you know what, we're standing with this. It's not just a Republican thing or a Democrat thing. One's on the right side, the other one's on the wrong side. I think that, uh, that it's the principle side. We've we got to measure everything in terms of principles. This party nonsense, people are adrift all the time. They think that the, if you're a Republican, you've got this modus operandi. And if you're a Democrat, you've got this modus operandi. Why don't we start operating off the, the rule book? You know, the United States Constitution is the scope and bounds of, of what government responsibility is at the national level and, of course, our state constitutions are very similarly organized and structured yeah hey scott one lady in the crowd wants you to know that gun rights activists are not a one-dimensional crowd she has a sign that says i want gay married couples to be able to protect their marijuana plants with their guns (laughs) you know it's funny (laughs) we don't have time to talk about this particular issue but but there was a gay organization that uh, when I've, i've run for office a few times and they contacted me uh, because, I mean, they knew I was pro-Second Amendment. And, uh, and, and it's absolutely true. It, it, it's a cross-section of people that, um, uh, you know, recognize that this is an important thing. I mean, think for a moment. 
Back in the post-Civil War days, the idea of disarming people that had previously been slaves became popular in some areas. And so people that had previously been slaves were, were kept from being able to protect themselves. Uh, this issue of, of women, it's a women's issue. I gave a speech one time at a women's organization, of, uh, there was four or 500 people there, about the right to keep and bear arms. And I said, you know, at the beginning of my speech, I said, some of you may not think this is a women's issue, but I want you to understand that this is every bit as much, if not more so. And in the process, I played a 911 recording of a woman that um, her home was broken into and she was assaulted. And suddenly, everybody was on point in that room. They recognized this is a women's issue. This is not just a, a uh, smattering of anything. It's across the whole spectrum. This issue protects life, liberty, and property from enemies, foreign and domestic, bad guys everywhere. And, and I've had discussions with officers that have wondered why I was carrying. I tell them it's the same reason you carry, in case there's a bad guy. And, um, you know, it's, it's to stop. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun usually is a good guy with a gun. And if you bring a knife to a gunfight... You're usually you're going to come out second best, and so there needs to be reciprocal response when needed, and it needs to be appropriately. Well, I don't know what comes out second best means. You might not come out at all. <laughs> <laughs> right, Scott? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know about second best. If you have a knife at a gunfight, you might not come out at all. Well, that's the thing, and 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 usually, I mean, you know, this is not something that anybody ought to encourage or, or uh, you know become bravado about or anything like that. But if there ever is a need for a firearm, if there ever is, it's the most intense seconds in someone's life. There is no, there's no bend. And, and in those seconds, life and death occurs. And, and you know, you say, well, I, I talked to one police chief one time about they wanted a certain area that was disarmed. I says, well, how soon could you get an officer there if there was a need? He said, well, probably within five minutes. I says, how many times do you think a guy could reload in five minutes if there was a bad guy in there doing something? And and it's one of those things where... And what was his response, though? Because that's critical. He was quiet. Yeah, because that he, tells he the story. He did not have an answer. And, and, and it was one of those things where if you come to... The point, anybody, I mean, these are the most intense instances in your instant, I mean, nanoseconds count. And, and you saw that deal in, in the church that the, uh, the guy came in and, and killed two worshipers before the armed guard was able to knock him down. But it just took seconds. If someone had been there, uh, you know, there had been no armed guards that guy could have walked through with his shotgun, and who knows how many people he could have taken out. In, in the time it would have taken for somebody to throw a book at him or hide under the pew or something like that. It's seconds, and, and no more than seconds. And usually these things are designed within seconds. And, and for people to think, oh, we've got police officers that will take care of us. No, they're, they're there to write the report after the incident. It's an after-action report as soon as they get there. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live continues. The best coverage we can provide with the limited dollars and limited staff we have. You are listening to LibertyRoundtable.com.
liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-C-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying shh? Let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Co-Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities. And it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC, not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name. And that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Everett Boone on the ground reporting for Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org and LibertyRoundTable.com. He's in the peaceful rally. He did disarm. He's inside right now, and uh, he's there with hundreds of people inside the gun-free zone. Uh, and you got another update for us, right, Everett? Yeah, yeah. There, there's uh, this, this ground is, is looks like 90% full. I mean, it's, it's got to be close to 3,000 or more, four, maybe even inside the fence. And I just had a text from a friend of mine that uh, he, he is two, two and a half blocks over where he's at. And it's, so it's uh, as close as he can get in. It's, so it's lined up. I mean, streets, the streets are full. You can see when people come around the corner holding a flag or something and kind of judge where they're at and look back a few minutes later and see kind of how close they're, how much they're moving. Moving real slow and slowly, it's uh, just a few more people coming in. But uh, it's absolutely amazing. So this guy's blocks away, and he can't hardly move around. Oh yeah, he's he's blocked away, and, and um, I, I'm sure they'd be trying to get in as close as they can. Yeah. Is everything peaceful where everybody is that you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Everything's calm and cool, and everybody's having just a good time. We pray it stays that way, sir. Yes, we do. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, they're starting. Uh, they're starting the uh, the music now, and the, the rally is between eleven and uh, starts at eleven o'clock. It runs for one hour, so I probably can't. Uh, 
I understand. No problem. I pray that Donald Trump shows up and he becomes a keynote speaker and he shames the governor. I heard that. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, sir. What do you say to that, Dr. Bradley? You know, I uh, this kind of is reminiscent of, you remember on the election night on 2016, we ran that little coast-to-coast thing. We yes, sir. It, uh, from the East Coast clear across the to California, we ran it through the whole election evening. Uh, yes, we did. Get, Tremendous job, by the way. And, you know, it was interesting to me, the uh, the, the people initially on the East Coast, I mean, it, it was kind of pegged at being a Hillary route, if you will. And and there was a somewhat somber, you know, feeling on those that, you know, were so worried about Hillary becoming president and so on. As it came westward, the attitude changed. Those that were in favor of Hillary became almost suicidal, while those that were uh, just praying that she wouldn't win became, I mean, it was kind of a, a celebration. And, and so this is interesting to be, you know, you've, you've pulled together some good things here that keep the people, you know, that are listeners for you to be informed about what I think is, uh, is kind of a watershed moment in America today. I think that, again, the, the politicians need to feel the heat so they can see the light. And I'm not saying, you know, anything more than they need to understand where their votes are. The votes are not going to go in their favor if they become one of these that's for disarming America. And actually, you know, whenever you're disarmed, you're vulnerable. And ultimately, bad things are going to happen. And and we could look through, clear through the 20th century. I mean, there's many, many documented cases where countries that have been disarmed have been overthrown and put under tyranny, and there's been mass murder of civilian populations. Well, and that's why the Founding Fathers were incredibly patient. They took taxes. They took all kinds of abuses for decades, and they weren't really ready to revolt. They were patient. No. They were okay. But when they finally came for the guns and the weapons, they said, wait a minute. If we don't make a stand now, we'll never be able to. And uh, sadly, the governor is so ignorant, he's pushing this envelope in that exact scenario. So although I don't want to ratchet up that we're close to a civil war in America, I pray that we're not, and I don't think we are, and I'll do everything I can to de-escalate if we are. Nevertheless, this is the very topic and the very situation repeating itself that the founders found themselves in, Dr. Bradley. Well, there's no question. In fact, uh, before April 19th, 1775, the governor, the, the royal governor, this is not, you know, a current elected Democrat governor, <laughs> but he's taking a similar kind of uh, role with this thing uh, in Virginia. In Virginia, they confiscated uh, firearms and ammunition in Virginia. It was in April of 1775 that happened prior to the one in Boston. This was a move the royal officers that the, the king had in place were saying, we gotta, we got to dial these guys back. we got to take away their, their liberty teeth, if you will, as they, a lot of people refer to firearms. And the governor of Virginia had actually confiscated firearms out of the, the town magazines. You know, that's where they, they kept, you know, their community firearms. And, and they had, had actually limited the amount of powder that could be held to those that they decided was necessary for hunting. See, this, all of these little limits that are happening along the line, are they've been played before. I mean, the Philistines didn't want the, uh, the House of Israel to have smiths. 
you know, people that could make swords or spears or whatever. The Philistines wanted to keep that from, and you can go back and read about that. Uh, you know, the um, and Saul and, and his son were the few that were armed with swords. I mean, this has been an age-old approach. And as I say, the governor of, of Virginia is upside down and backwards in terms of history on this thing and, and principle and correctness. And he is trying to provoke some bad things to have happen in in this country. And, and I mean, whether it's in California or Oregon or, or in uh, New York or Virginia, wherever it is, these kinds of people need to be removed from office, and, and the voters need to step up and, and be wise enough to do that. They um, need to remove them. So what do you think the president needs to do about this? So far, he's been silent. All he's really said is, hey, the Democrats are going to take your guns. Horrible deal, though, there. you got to, um, you know, uh, vote for Republicans to stop this stuff. You know, just turn it into a partisan waste of time. Uh, I submit that the, the, the president has a significant role to play here. Shame on him for his silence. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I think anybody who would make this a partisan kind of thing is, is barking up the wrong tree. We already have enough acrimony between parties. And the, the idea is not party, it's principle. We've got to stand with principle. And I think the, the president could take a principled stand, and he could be eloquent about this thing. And, and, and begin, I mean, think what Ronald Reagan, if, I mean, Ronald Reagan was a great communicator. Whatever you feel about him, he took his message to the people. I mean, and you think about his State of the Union address after the attempted assassination, for example. I mean, the people were eating out of his hand. And, and he had this, this ability to, to communicate to us common folk, if you will, to get out of the swamp and to get out of the, uh, the deep state kind of thing. And because of that, I think the people were largely uh, moved by his message. Now, uh, he did an awful lot of wrong things. I'm not going to go down that path right now, but but he used his eloquence and his communication skills. And I think Donald Trump needs to do the same thing. And I don't know if he's as eloquent, but certainly he's not as eloquent. Well, he could simply say, Governor, you're on the wrong side of this issue, my friend. There's people pushing to recall you, and I hope they're successful. Uh, And you know what? We don't believe in gun-free zones. In fact, I'm going to use this opportunity to abolish gun-free zones in America like I promised to do first day. Now now is the best day to get it done. Today is the day. He could really double down like that. Yeah, he really could. And and I I see these idiotic shootings that happen in on military bases. I mean, the commander in chief, if you will, could take care of that with the you know wave of his hand, basically the signing of his pen, whatever. But but I am so shocked at how you know we we send our people in other countries to kill other people over there. They can't defend themselves when we have these buffoons that their meds take them the wrong path. And we could take some time on the meds if you wanted, because holy cow, they seem to be the common factor in any of these mass killings, whether it's with a knife or or with a gun or with a rock. Yes, every time meds are involved, for sure, a a broken home and a destroyed family life is usually uh, in the mix as well. Kurt, how do you want to round out this hour? What do you think? Anything to add to this? You know, um, it's, uh, at least in my opinion, the key thing to point out here is that, uh, you know, um, I think a lot of the uh, folks didn't really show up during the midterm elections, uh, and that was uh, in 
I mean, people just don't get enthused and animated. They think once they get, um, you know, typically a Republican in in office, especially in the president's office, that that everything will be fine. And so they, uh, uh, I believe that that's one of the reasons you see the things going on that you see. In Virginia, I suppose that they had a pretty low turnout before, and they, uh, you know, the the anti-gun folks uh, won the day. Uh, maybe vote, with vote fraud, maybe not, but uh, I'll bet you're going to see uh, pretty enthused voting for this year, Sam. Yeah, let's move to this NBC reporter. The mainstream keeps trying to ratchet this up, not... You know, so we say on the radio that our goal is to de-escalate. Our buddy over at Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes, says, Mission to be a calming influence on all sides. Amen, Stuart. Amen. But this reporter ratchets it up another level, Kurt. Yeah, it's a Breitbart news piece, and the headline reads, NBC News reporter, Virginia Second Amendment rally, a, quote, white nationalist rally. They're trying to cause Um, trouble at every turn. Well, it sure seems like it, um, but, um, you know, uh, one of the things that was interesting way down in the article from Breitbart, uh, written by A.W.R. Hawkins, uh, basically he reminds us that uh, this thing has been sponsored every year by the Virginia Citizens Defense League since 2003. So these people are pretty, um, you know, serious about it, but what I wonder is... Uh, if you compare the attendance at it uh, for all those other years, uh, how does it compare to this year? I'll, I'll bet it's pretty well up. Yeah. yeah, good point. The question becomes, it depends on who you talk to on how much up. But no doubt people on the ground that I trust completely say it is absolutely shoulder to shoulder. People are blocks away and can't even get near. A guy can't even park his car to attend the rally. I mean, it is absolutely uh, m- more well attended than we thought it would be. And so far, there's been prayers and peaceful people everywhere. And we pray that it stays that way. But we also pray that a serious message gets sent, sent to the governor to stand down, sir. Scott, final words yours, sir. Well, Thomas Jefferson uh, made a statement that I believe applies here, and it has to do with uh, principles. And uh, we need to have a, a sounder foundation. Jefferson said, education is the true corrective of abuses of constitutional power. And uh, once Americans really came to understand those true correct principles that that are so well documented, so eloquently and powerfully promoted by the American founding fathers, I think that uh, America could again have its base restored. So I think we've got to get a better education process going to uh, correct those abuses of constitutional powers. All right, Kurt, anything else to add? God bless America. God bless the world. Let's make America and the world great again. (laughs) There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I wish we were on the air longer. Some of the talk show hosts do long marathon broadcasts to cover these kind of incidents. I wish we could do so. We just don't have the time. We don't have the money. I've got a day job to go to. Uh, So, you know, we're just doing the best we can to provide um, as much coverage as we can with our limited staff and our limited dollars. Thank those to the people who are on the ground who report for us and who do such a phenomenal job. Shame on the president for saying nothing about this constructive that I can see and not taking opportunities. And shame on Alex Jones for driving through the crowds with an armored vehicle. Shame on him. 
We declare this nation shall endure. 